Welcome to Buck 92's Mid-Michigan Matters program, where we talk about everything that matters here in Mid-Michigan, from nonprofits to local happenings to the local sports scene. It's time for Mid-Michigan Matters with your host, Chris Bachman. Chris Bachman here with the on Mid-Michigan Matters once again, and it was several months ago I sat down with Luke Sawyer to talk about the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center and the Bird Auction. I am back with Luke now, and we're talking more about the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center as it's April, and that's Child Abuse Prevention Month. I was able to talk with Brianna Richardson, so we can kind of call this maybe part two of the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center, and it was really cool hearing her perspective as the director, but I imagine, Luke, you've got a little bit of a different view of, oh, I'm here with Luke Sawyer, Chief of Police and Shepherd, the president of the board of the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center. Did I get those titles correct? Sure, that's right. that's close enough. <laughs> and so you got a little bit of a different perspective than Brianna does because you're seeing it from well the president of the board side and especially the law enforcement side. And so when somebody asks you, what does the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center do? What do you start by saying? You know, quite simply, it gives a voice to children. I mean, can you imagine um, being a child and not having a voice or having your voice taken away because some human, and, and I use that that word uh, very loosely, um, some individual, uh, some evil person decided to take your innocence away, whether it was through um, physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. I mean, it, it's just amazing to think that there's those individuals out there who think that that's okay or normal. And so the center really gives a voice back to the child. I really like the way you put that. And the one thing you mentioned there, when, when you think of child abuse, I think the first thing that comes to mind are the two really worst things, you know, the, the sexual abuse and the physical abuse. But you talked about the verbal abuse as well. That's something that like I said I'm overlooking it a little bit. Can you kind of dig into that and what that can do to a child and how, you know, what you guys can do to prevent that and help with that? Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, all of it is not good for the child and one typically leads towards the other. You, um, you, you get what I was saying, yeah. though, right? Because you made me feel bad. I shouldn't have even said it like that because you're right. It's just stepping stones. Yeah, it, it's absolutely stepping stones. And it doesn't mean that somebody that yells at you, you know, because I'm a parent and there's times where I yell at my, my kids, <laughs> too, you know, um, and discipline is a good thing. Um, direction is a good thing. But we're talking about absolute verbal abuse. Um, we're talking about the worst of the worst. Uh, we're talking about parents who don't just discipline their kids. You know, we, we often hear, well, I can't, I can't spank my kids anymore. Not true. You can discipline within reason. It doesn't mean that you can hit them with a two by four. Yep. You know, that's, that's not okay. And so what the center does is it allows for a child to come in and tell their story. Um, it's done in a very non-threatening, a very clinical way. Um, it's uh, a lot of open-ended questions. It's not yes or no questions. Um, it's allowing a child to talk about where they're at, at that particular time. Um, we do it kind of based on the whole child aspect. So it's not just about prosecution, prosecution from my perspective, uh, prosecutor Barbary and his staff, that's, you know, that's a component of it. You know, we want to hold these offenders accountable, but at the same time, we also want to work on the child as well, because they still have many more years in their life and we can't have them going through life, you know, dealing with this their whole life and never being able to, to express what's going on or get help, um, the center is also a great place for resources. We will plug them in with counseling, with medical appointments, things like that that they need. It's not like the person, the child comes in and gets an interview and we say, all right, see you later. We, we've wiped our hands of it. We've done our job and we're, you know, we'll never see them again. We do follow up. We do help. Um, we even have programs for parents because there are parents who are the non-offending parents. Um, and they still have to deal with that child on a, on a daily basis. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a full 
a full family model, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Yep, I want to I want to back things up here. I've, I've got a possible difficult question here for you, Luke. And so you talked about, you know, you can still spank your child. Parents need to be able to discipline their children. Where, where does that line get drawn when you have a child that's becoming, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old? They're becoming a little physical themselves. Where do you draw that line as a parent or you as a cop? Where do you tell a you know, where do you draw that line at if a kid starts to be physical with you and you need to discipline them? Does that is that a good question there? Well, yeah, definitely. Obviously, when we say discipline within reason, you know, it would not be within reason to, you know, to spank your 13 year old. They, I mean, they're they're beyond that stage of life. You know, that that's where different things come in as far as maybe taking things away from them. You know, hey, you don't you can't go out with your friends. Right. Hey, your cell phone is is with me for the next week. Um, you know, I always tell tell uh tell parents just from my own experience as a dad you know we say you're not going to get your internet privileges back for three years well we know that's not true you know we say it in the middle of of anger um and instead we say you know hey you're not going to get it back for a week or you're not going to get it back for three days and then we evaluate you know it's not something because if you tell a child hey they're not going to get their their cell phone back for a month you might as well have said 10 years to them you know it's just it's not within reason and so um like I even brought that to with it within reason. Yeah, within yep. reason to me is the whole key to everything. You know, um, you know, we're seeing a rise in in Isabella County, in the state of Michigan, in the nation, in children who are physically assaulting their parents, and that's not okay. And those are things where a parent can't just you know go, well, you know, little Johnny punched me in the face, and that's okay. You know. That's we, where law enforcement needs to get involved on the other absolutely, end. Absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't mean that the goal is to take the child and just throw them in jail. You know, that that, that doesn't happen. You know, I, I think that people watch TV and watch movies and assume that there's some asylum somewhere where we can just put kids that, you know, aren't, aren't uh, acting appropriately. And that's just, that's not true. There's not a place like that around here. So the courts do a great job of working with the families, working with the child to hold them accountable for some things, whether that's maybe drug testing, maybe that's taking their medication that they should be taking. Uh, maybe that's, you know, passing all their classes in school, you know, the, the, the total child. And so um, in the long run, the goal is not to ruin any child's life. The goal is to make them a uh, a good member of society later on and they can be a productive adult. And thank you for taking that step back. Because yeah. that was just one of those you talked about within reason. I want to dive a little bit more into that because you can give parents that answer. If there's somebody out there listening, like I said, you got that 12, 13 year old that's becoming more physical and everything. It gets to the point where, well, you need to call the police on your child because that that's something that just needs to happen in life. And I can actually attest as a youngster who got in trouble, the places that children do get sent around here are not that bad at all. I was just bored sitting around for a long time thinking about what I did and it's probably what I needed at that point. Yeah, we, we, we're not sending kids in Isabella County to a boot camp or anything like that. Not saying that that wouldn't be a great option for some some children. You know, they may need some more intense uh, level of things. But, you know, again, going back to when we talk about our children and sometimes they're acting out because of things they just can't figure out, whether that's mental health whether that's trauma that they've been exposed to in their life, um, you know, sometimes acting out is just, you know, the result of trauma earlier in life. And so that's why we try to really identify that at the center. It doesn't mean that it's it's an easy fix, it's a miracle, anything like that. It just simply means that we're going to work with the families as much as possible to get them the help that they need. All right, Chris Bachman here with Chief Luke Sawyer, the Shepherd Police and the President of the Board of the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center. It's kind of 
brush strokes of everything Child Advocacy Center, sure. I would say. And if you guys went into the different services you provide, and Brandon did this a little bit last week, but kind of go from your perspective on the other end as a, as a cop. How do you see the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center working for you guys as a police station? Well, it's, it's an excellent resource just simply because um, when it comes to interviewing of a child, you know, um, that's a special skill. And it's not a skill that maybe we would do every day or every week or every month or, you know, some of these cases, you know, uh, an officer might only see that once or twice a year. And so to think that you could go in and do a productive interview, uh, a forensic interview of a child that's not going to traumatize them just isn't realistic. I've went through the training of forensic interviewing. It was like a two or three day training, I believe. So I could probably wing it. But would I want to? No. And the other part is at the Advocacy Center, um, they are audio recorded, they're video recorded, so that we can provide that later for prosecution, uh, if need be, uh, for the offender. It's so it's it's just a it's a great tool on our belt, I guess, if you want to say. I mean, we carry a lot of tools on our belt, and uh, to me, the Advocacy Center is a tool on our belt to utilize, um, especially when we're talking about our most vulnerable, and, and that's our kids. You know, why, why would we want to do any, any bit less than the best we possibly can for them? Yep, and so that's one of those, you go into a situation and you need to arrest one person, but the rest of the people in the house, as you said earlier, they're all dealing with that, whether it's the non-offending parent, the child that was abused, or maybe even the child that wasn't abused. A lot of the times, they all need somebody to talk to, and that was one of the things Brianna had brought up, is that she was up there on a particular Christmas Eve, and she thought she was just there to be there working with the forensic interviewer, and she ended up, you know, getting unloaded on from the person who was there with her child. And it's just a trust that happens when people walk in those doors. I think they feel safe at that advocacy center. And they have to, because if they don't feel safe, if the child doesn't feel safe, if the mom or dad doesn't feel safe or grandma or grandpa or whoever the guardian might be, then they're not going to trust the process. And I get it. The process isn't, isn't perfect. Uh, justice is just not perfect. You know, I mean, I think we would all, we would be lying if we said, oh, you know what? It's just like TV. The bad person goes to jail. The good person, you know, they get the help they need and they go on and they, you know, everything is rainbows, unicorns, and confetti. That's just not how life works. And so we do the very best that we can. And, but again, not saying that it's, it's a perfect situation or a perfect scenario. It's the best that we possibly can do for the kid at the time. All right. Now, Luke, if you wanted to give advice to parents out there and other people out there, Isabella Child Advocacy Center, a lot of it is about prevention too. And so from your perspective, give me a few prevention tools for parents, teachers, and people out there that are dealing with youngsters because sometimes kids say dumb things. Sure. No, I, I would say the first thing is, is, you know, no matter what bookstore you go into in America, they don't write the perfect book on being a parent. You know, I, I mean, there's many times where bad things happen to good people. You know, we, we see parents in there who are top-notch parents and just something horrible has happened to their child and they can't beat themselves up over it. Um, I think that's the first thing. The second thing to me is, and it's it's something that we teach when we teach women's self-defense classes. Uh, we taught a class to our high school seniors, uh, college prep class. We talked about your gut feeling. If your gut feeling says something is not right, if the hair on the back of your neck stands up when you're around somebody and you think, man, they just act weird around my child, then to me, that's something that we've all been blessed with, you know, no matter what you believe. I believe that God blesses you with that ability to go, uh, something's, something's not, something's idea. not right. I, you know, maybe I shouldn't let that person watch my kid. Maybe I shouldn't let that 
person, you know, take my, my child on an overnight camping trip or what, you know, so if something seems weird to you, you know, trust that, you know, we see so often in these situations where people will say, you know, I got a weird feeling about that person. You know, I always thought that, you know, they put their hand around my kid and on their shoulder and it just, it looked weird, but you know, I didn't want to make a big deal about it. And I get it because we're all, we're all good people and we all want to be trusting and we live in a, in a pretty good community, um, a pretty good County. And so to me, it's just trust those instincts. And if your child tells you that something happened, um, regardless of whether it's a family member, it's a babysitter, it's a coach, whatever, please listen to them. You know, one of the worst things that we can do is just tell your kid, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. You don't, you don't know what you're talking about. They would never do that. You know, if you just defeat them like that, then you're pretty much just saying to your child, I don't trust you at all. I'm going to point back to the MSU gymnastics thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that is the 1,000% perfect example. And I'm even going to bring up the father who he, he didn't believe his daughter in the end when he found out it was true. He ended up taking his own life because he just couldn't believe that he didn't end up believing his daughter there. And it's just. Well, you know what it boils down to, though? We, we want to believe people. You know, we want to believe the best in yeah. people. And, you know, I'm sure when, when, you know, those young ladies were with that coach and he was a successful coach and he was getting their, their, their daughters to the next level, whether that's the Olympics or, you know, whatever that might be, you know, I think maybe sometimes you overlook things. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. you know, it's, it's one of those things where in law enforcement, we always talk about, you know, the Monday morning quarterbacking, you know, we always review things we've done and say, well, what could we have done different? And it always is, you know, oh, we could have done better in this area or that area. Well, hindsight's always twenty twenty in the, the world we live in, you know. So when you look back at it, you think, oh, I would have done something different. So to me, it's just it's simply trusting that gut instinct. If something says something's not right, then by all means, you need to you need to look into it. And I, and here's one thing, Chris, that is kind of frustrating at times. Instead of contacting police to look into it, don't put it on social media. Oh my goodness. I see people that go, they, they air their business on social media or they talk about a coach on social media or they talk about the babysitter. And why would you do that? That doesn't do any good at all for anybody other than just get it off your chest. And I get it. You know, it's one of those where, Hey, if you want to type it out and then hit backspace, 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 and delete the whole thing. Hey, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, contact the proper people that can help. I really like you saying that. And as Herm Edwards on the ESPN, he's the coach at Arizona State now, he used to always talk about Twitter. He said, you can type it, but don't hit send. And I Absolutely. think that's a, a really great point because all you're going to do is further the trouble one way or the other. And I'll just say, you know, if it's an accuser, you know, abuser situation or something like that, all it's going to do is cause trouble for both ends, whether it's somebody being accused of something they didn't do or if it's somebody that did abuse, it's no good is going to come of that. Like I said, you need to contact the proper channels. Absolutely. And as law enforcement, we'd rather be the first ones to know about it. You know, you put all your business on social media, everybody knows about it. Well, that suspect knows we're going to come and talk to them. So they've had time to think about a story, think about an excuse, an alibi, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We'd rather surprise them and then they say holy cow i didn't expect you to come here um and we get justice for that family time for a quick break all mid michigan matters we'll be back more luke sawyer right after this welcome to buck 92's mid michigan matters program where we talk about everything that matters here in mid michigan back with more mid michigan matters here on buck 92 gonna get right back into that conversation with luke sawyer from the isabella county child advocacy center we kind of took a right turn and we're talking about don't post stuff on social media that you should be bringing to the police. 
you're very active on social media. How often do you go on to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and just see something and just kind of scratch your head and say, oh, no? Uh, every, every day. <laughs> every day. Um, it's one of those where I wish that, you know, we, we keep our page going and we try to, you know, we try to educate, we try to inform, we try to entertain on our page. And But there's times where I see things and I'm, I, I want to respond and I just, I just don't. You know, I think that social media is a great tool, but I think that we also are in a situation where it's, used inappropriately a lot by people. But again, you know, I mean, we live in a free world. We live in the greatest country in the world. So, hey, have at it. Buck 92 and my 104.3, I like to say that we use social media for what it's supposed to be for, for fun and interesting conversation Mm -hmm. and to stay in touch with people. But like you said, sometimes it it goes way beyond that. But you talking about the, the... not just abuse, but posting nasty stuff about others, you know, leaders in the community. There's no good is going to come of that. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. We, I, I wish that people would really understand that the word community is one of the greatest words in the world. It means that I will go help somebody, even if I might not know them because we live in the same community and I want to look out for them. We might have differing views on things, on, you know, opinions on religion, politics, that whole, that whole gamut of things that when they come up, people go, oh no, I don't want to talk about that. You you know, and so to me, it's just like we don't live in a I guess we kind of live in a in a world right now where everything is is very black or white. There's no shades of gray, you know, and I can get along with somebody if they don't believe the exact same thing I do. That's OK. We just don't talk about those yeah. things. I don't got to agree with you to love you. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I, I guess in a roundabout way, you know, I, I just really think that the social media aspect does play into it some and we would wish if if you think something happened to your child don't post it on social media call the uh the appropriate authorities or isabella county central dispatch they will get an officer to you and we can start investigating it yeah but there's so many better resources than facebook to to go out there and help out and one thing i want to talk about here is we're just kind of jumping all, all over, over the place, place now, yeah. but I think we're talking about some very important things for people in mid-Michigan to hear. And one thing, you, you know, we've talked about prevention a lot. What happens when stuff doesn't get reported? It gets swept under the rug. This is when you see children really start to get in trouble when they become late teenagers and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Can you can you speak on that a little bit, Luke? Well, it's just, I mean, it's it's the classic thing where, you know, if if it doesn't get reported, if the child does, it doesn't get, you know, they, they're not believed by anybody, then it just perpetuates itself and, and you see those destructive behaviors, you see those negative behaviors. Um, it doesn't mean that every child that does something dumb in their life, you know, they were abused at, earlier in their lives, but there's a direct correlation to it, you know? And so that's why it's important to address it early on, um, get the help that you need. And then you, you, you don't want to say you just forget about it, but you have to move on. You know, we talk about that a lot with our victims uh, of crimes and, and you say it with all respect, but you say at a certain point, you've got to move on in life. You know, I mean, life is going to keep moving. And so either you can decide to be, you know, down and depressed and whatever for the rest of your life, or you can say, wow, that really, that, that stunk, but I'm going to keep going. You've got the quote on the back of your wall. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a mean and nasty place. I don't care how tough you are. It'll beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. Mm-hmm. From Rocky. And that's Rocky. Yep. that's just, just so, so true right there. And one other thing I want to ask you, you are the president of the board of the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center. How did you get to that position? How does somebody get involved with the Child Advocacy Center as we start to kind of wrap things up here? Sure. So uh, I was asked to be 
on the board, um, and I took it. I take it very seriously. And at one point, the other board members said, "You know, hey, we would like you to to lead the board." I didn't think I was qualified. I was thinking, like, "Oh my goodness, what am I? What have I got myself into?" Um, and and we always have those times with any board where you go, "Holy cow, I am just ready to be done. I don't want to have anything more to do with it." Um, and then I look back and go, "Okay, but if I don't do it, who will?" Not in a selfish way, but I heard uh, I heard Christy Nome, the the governor of South Dakota, speak um, a couple months ago, and she said, "If not you, then who?" And every time I want to just give something up, that pops into my head, and I tell my wife, and she looks at me and goes, "Yeah, you're right." You know, so <laughs> it, it's not a selfish way because this is a this is a team effort. But I really feel like I have something to contribute to the team. Our board is is just an incredible group of community leaders, and everybody brings something to the table. And maybe alone, we're not super super you know well versed in one area, but man, together we're a pretty strong force. I make the joke with Sean Powers at the station that me and him together we have a full human functioning brain, and we're able to <laughs> as long as we're we're like talking about stuff. We're able to get everything done yes. at the radio station. We're able to make it happen. And if somebody wants to get involved with the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center, what steps would you tell them to take, Luke? So they can go on to the Facebook page, which, you know, again, going back to social media, but in its proper use is Isabella County Child Advocacy Center. Um, they can send a message. And, you know, there are opportunities. We have a, a cool event coming up in June called Zoo at the Park that's going to be down in Island Park. Um, every year we have it. There's going to be cotton candy and animals and, you know, all kinds of fun stuff, police cars and food. And I think, I, I don't know if I'm in charge of the grill. We've got somebody in charge of the grill. They're going to be cooking some hot dogs. Dean Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Did I say? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've got, uh, we've got just a lot of cool things that we do. Um, uh, our prevention uh, educator, Brad, is in the schools on a consistent basis, um, talking to our first graders and our fifth graders, Protect Yourself uh, 1.0 and Protect Yourself 2.0, um, talking about you know safe body talks, things like that. So um, we're in all the schools in Isabella County, and we're making sure that we're trying to make a difference um, pre- to prevent something from happening. You know, we respond when something happens with the interviews and things like that. When we do prevention, we're hoping that it's pre something happening. Yeah, prevention. I don't want to say it's the most important thing, but if you can prevent something from happening, that that's what you want to do. Because these are traumatizing experiences for the kids. And so thanks so much, Luke, for talking to me. We got maybe a minute or two left here. Maple Syrup Festival coming up for everybody. Shepherd Police Chief, put out your PSA there for everybody. Hey, it's uh, Luke Sawyer, Shepherd Chief of Police. We are excited for everybody to come to Maple Syrup Festival this year. We want everybody to have a safe time. Everybody have a fun time. Please uh, be careful when it comes to parking. Parking is always a huge thing. Uh, a town of over a little over a thousand is hard to support. Twenty thousand, but we'll we'll get her done. Make sure you go have some pancakes. Visit down at the Midway. Chicken on a stick is where it's at. So if you haven't had chicken on a stick, I haven't had the chicken. On you a need stick. chicken on a stick. That is some good stuff right there, buddy. And uh, but you know if you see us out, uh, say hi. We'll probably have some stickers for some kids and giving high fives and things like that. It's a long week end for us, um, but uh, we we enjoy seeing everybody have a good time. Yeah, lots but, of good yard sales too. If you're into yard sales, <laughs> oh, lots of yard sales. And what's cool about the Shepherd Maple syrup festival it's from you doing extra stuff outside of your job to the boy scouts to the baseball teams and the softball teams it's all volunteers absolutely and I never realized how cool that was until I brought a friend from Detroit up and a little Boy Scout brought her her, her carton of milk. And she said, Spock, who is, who is that? And I said, oh, just, just a volunteer. And she said, is everybody here volunteering? I says, yeah. And she just says, wow, you've got a cool town. And it, and it just made me have a big smile on my face to realize how special Shepherd well, is. Well, I do want to put on the record that I will not be volunteering my time during the Maple Syrup. <laughs> I hope the village still sends me my paycheck for it. But uh, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll be working lots of hours. There's, there's going to be many 18, 19-hour days um, coming up with the Maple Syrup 
festival, but, uh, you know, it's always a good time. And, uh, it's always, like I said, it's always fun to see people have fun. All right, Luke, appreciate it. Take some time to chat with me on MidMichigan Matters. Thank you. Another big thank you to Luke Sawyer for taking some time to chat with me, Chief of Police and Shepherd, and the President of the Board of the Isabella County Child Advocacy Center. I did find out he was one of the Dan Denslow Advocate of the Year winners, along with Todd Chorley, so congratulations to them. Mid-Michigan Matters Hour continues next as I sit down with Josh Wheat on Spock Sports Show and kind of talk a little, you know, everything sacred art softball and much, much more. It's Spock Sports Show up next on Buck 92.